0: Let's bless the Lord this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we just declare today you are the high priest of good things to come. I just encourage you right there in your seat, just, just enter into worship for a minute. Lift your hands to heaven gently there if you want to. Father, we come before you today and just thank you for the opportunity to come into one accord in one place, one mind with you and your people, Father. And we thank you, Father God, that... that, that where you're moving in our lives today, Father God, may not seem like a big place, Father God, but we thank you your word says not to despise the days of small beginnings. And Father, we speak that today in the name of Jesus. I want to encourage you right there where you're at. You know, the scripture says in the book of Acts that they were in one place, but but the, but the powerful part of that, it says they were in one accord. And if you read a little further, you, you know what happened there, but if you read a little further down the line, it says, and then they continued in one accord. And 3,000 souls, that was after, right after the 3,000 souls got saved. And so I want to encourage you today as you sit there, you're a part of something. The Bible says one could chase 1,000 to fly, two can chase 10,000. And so as we're linking today in worship in our, in our church, everybody say our church. As we're linking in worship today in one accord, we're opening up God, come on, to do powerful things in our lives and beyond us. And so right there, if you just want to lift your hands with me this morning gently to heaven, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, as we come come into your will today in one accord, in one mind, following your direction. Not our way, not our will. Father, we say that we lay our will down to allow you to be who you are in our lives. And we thank you, Father God, for that one accord mindset, Father God, that as we grow from this place today, Father, moving forward in what you have for us, Father, we thank you that in agreement, Father God, that more lives will be touched. In agreement, there's healings, Father God, happening in agreement Father God people who had no knowledge are beginning to gain knowledge Father God we think that as they walk through the doors Father that knowledge would begin to change Father and as they know who you are Father God it will bring freedom into their hearts always remember that that we don't take the things of God for granted his word for granted it's in his knowledge when we know the will of God who, who uh, when we know the truth the truth makes us free and so Father we pray today that families are touched fathers are touched lives are changed hope is moving that you're building your church, you're building your people. And we thank you, Father, we stand in the confidence, Father God, knowing that you're faithful to your word. And we ask you today, say this with me, Holy Spirit, Spirit. do what you want to do. Do Say what you want to say. Say Be what you want to be in my life today. In In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Welcome to the live church. Excited you're here. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a minute and greet one another, then you may be seated. All right. Everybody doing all right this morning? The steamy heat is here, but it is the summer of refreshing, right? And excited to be here, always excited to do whatever extension I can to help Pastor Walt and his vision. And and so uh, Pastor Lane said, hey, let's, let's do a swap on Father's Day. So he's in San Angelo this morning, and uh, I get the privilege of being here and uh, hanging out with you. This is my wife, Kelly. And so... She's the one that keeps me straight at all times because sometimes I get off a little bit, she'll pull me back, back on direction. But uh, we're excited to be here. And, and like I said, I, I, I truly believe when we have confidence in God, every day matters. And so I don't believe that we're, we're standing here together, you know, in worship, just coming together just to feel, fulfill another Father's Day, fulfill another Sunday. I believe that today matters. And I believe that God has some things that he wants to stir in us so that we can go out and live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And, uh, and see more people connected uh, to his purpose. You know, I had a, I was going to start with a different story, but I'll start with this one. I had a, I was in conversation with a guy recently, uh, a friend of mine, just over breakfast, and uh, he had gone through quite a journey. He gave his life to Jesus back in the 90s and probably about 1997. And so he's about my age, a couple years older. And so we're, we're having coffee, and, and, and he began to talk about, he's in a place, he kind of went through, uh, a very difficult time, ended up going through divorce, hard, some hard times in his life, and, and so what he said was this, and when he said it, it impacted me in a way, and, and I've been talking about it ever since, but uh, in the conversation, he said, you know, he said, when I gave my life to Jesus, it, you know, it was a great place to be, I wanted to get involved, he said, and right off the bat, he said, they asked me to serve in the church, and he said, that was an incredible journey, enjoyed it, he, but then he made a statement, he said, no one ever asked me if I wanted to be discipled. And he said, so through the process, he said, I could do church well. I knew how to do church. I knew how to serve. You know, I could show up. I could build events. I could do things. He said, but through the process of time, he said, when my life hit hit the storms, you know, and, and Matthew talks about the storms, those that hear the sayings of Jesus and do the sayings of Jesus are those that build their house on the rock. And so he said, when the storms came he said i didn't have that stability cuz and he said i'm not blaming anyone for that but when he said that no one ever asked me if i want to be disciple that just it just hit me and i thought you know that there's an element of that that's truth maybe you know, there's many people going through the same thing they've they serve or they help or they do and they and they know, they know jesus but they're not at a place come on where they're really learning the discipleship path of christ and so a couple of years ago we were in a training and, on discipleship and uh, with Pastor Wald that sent us to Gateway, I believe it was, and they were going through this process of what, what is discipleship? What does it look like to be a follower of Christ? And the reality was they didn't have any clear answers. They were just raising the question what it looks like to be a disciple. And so what, what we find out is, is even Jesus, when he was training his disciples, uh, even when he went to the cross and ascended, went to heaven, and sent back the Holy Spirit and all that, those guys still weren't in a perfect place. They were still messed up. And so, what, uh, they, but they were on a journey. And so, discipleship is a journey of following Christ. It's a place of being passionate about Christ who lives in us. I'm not talking about religious, I said passionate about Christ who's in us, because when we're passionate, we always see beyond ourselves. We see what God can do in our kids, in our nation, in other nations. We see what God can do in marriages. We, we see how God wants to open up and give us a bigger vision for life. There's a real uh, a passion that takes place when you're in that kind of relationship. And remember that we're following in a relationship. Everybody say relationship with Christ. And so I just wanted to throw that thought out there and see where it takes you. I've been on about a two-year journey with it of what discipleship looks like. We know following the word of God and, and we know being generous and, 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 and receiving what, what Christ has for us. But there's also an element of dealing with some things in our, in our own lives. Amen. And so uh, and the, the re- and we're in the summer of refreshing. Everybody say refreshing. 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 I got to look at this a couple weeks ago. Pastor Walt said, hey, I want to go this direction this summer. So uh, this is birthed out of his heart and we're carrying it out. And so to, uh, the word refreshing simply means to revitalize, to restore, to stimulate, to energize, to inspire. Uh, another thing I wrote down there was to beat the heat. And we're in, we're in Texas. Come on. We know about some heat. I was looking on the news last night. It's 100, It was 115 degrees in Vegas yesterday. And, and it's just amazing, this heat wave that, that's going on around Texas. But we're used to the heat. We're used to the 100 degrees, right? And, uh, but the reality is God wants to refresh us. Uh, through His word. The, the, the scripture says that we operate in living water, not, not religious water in living water. That's a personal relationship, a place where God refreshes our life, where He takes us from where we are today, come on to where He wants us to be. And so I want to encourage you to, to, to embrace that today. He's not just talking about a supernatural snow cone. He's talking about a relationship where we, we, we embrace that. In Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, it says, "Therefore if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And I love this. He said, uh, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's talking about refreshing right there. He's talking about going from the old man to the new man. And and when you really get to look at that aspect of life, how many of you know life is hard? There, there are people out there. They're going through things. You're going through things. There's no easy path to life. You know, uh, we got in, we got in the car to come up here last night and 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 or yesterday, and a lot of traffic along the way. You know, when you go on a trip, you never foresee the the, the obstacles that are in your way. You just see the the end result of getting there, which is why we're here this morning. Uh, but through the process, it was like I mean, it was just solid traffic, and then we went to eat and. I left my debit card at the restaurant last night, and so I get up this morning, I'm looking for my debit card, and it's nowhere to be found. Finally, we find out we left it at the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes life just don't go as planned, and there are things that happen along the way that sometimes you just need refreshing, and so uh, about four or five years ago, Kelly and I were, were fishing. We like to go over to San Saba. Anybody here fish? Two of us. Outstanding. I'm in the right crowd. And so so. Uh, anybody here catch fish? That's the question, right? And so uh, we like to fish. We have a boat. We, we fish a lot out there in, in West Texas. And, and that's kind of our hobby. Our thing is one of our things is fishing. And so we, we were out and we had these thermal waders on. And so we get out into the river and actually cast and fish. We'll go all over the place. And so it was the first time I took Kelly with me. And so we're in these thermal waders. It's in January it, there's a white bass run that runs from the lake up into the river there at the Colorado River in St. Saba. And so it's a little early, and so we're getting ready to go into the, the season. It usually kicks in mid-February, but I got excited, thought, hey, I'm going to go try this a couple weeks early and see if they're run- the white bass are running yet. And so we get there, and uh, we go out to one area of the lake. We're not catching anything. And so I told her, I said, I think if we'll go down that way, I said, I think the fish are down there. And so it's January, but it's 98 degrees. We're in thermal waders, and so she says, "Do I need to take my bottle water with me?" And I said, "No, it's just right down here." And so she leaves her bottle water in the truck, and so we start walking and we start walking. And she says, "How how far are we going?" We'd already gone probably about 500 yards at that point. I'm like, "It's just right over here. There's not no problem. We, we got this. Come on." And uh, I said, "There's an area we can get back into the river." We keep walking. We get down there about a mile and a half, and I and and. As we go, the cliff gets taller, and so there's no river access, 98 degrees, there's no water, we didn't take any water, and she's looking at me, I look back at her kind of in fear, thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done, and she says, uh, how much further, I said, it's just right up here, and so we keep walking and walking, we get about two miles up the river there and, and realize that we're not getting in, uh, there's no access, and so she's like, I'm going to kill you, there's just no doubt about it, this, you, you're not going to live to see another Father's Day, come on. And so we're going through, through that, through the, and I said, I think if we'll just go a little further, which we did. We went a little further uh, uh, up the river bank, and and we looked up. I looked up, and out of the, the the hill there was a spring flowing, and it went down into the river. Now we didn't get to go in that place and catch any fish, but it was fresh water. And so I said, here here's our answer for this moment anyway. So. Uh, she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, get on your knees. You're about to drink some water out of this spring. And so we start drinking the water out of the spring. We get refreshed. We make our way back to the truck. And needless to say, we didn't catch any fish that day, but we've made many trips since where we did. My point is that just when you think you're at a point, come on, where it's hot, where where life is so hot and it's beating you to the point where it looks impossible, God's the kind of God that will give you streams in the desert. He'll give us refreshing water out of a hill. Come on, that's incredible. I didn't know it was there. And so we got refreshed. We made it back. And so to the truck, life went on. We're still happily married. Now we're losing debit cards. That's kind of our thing. And so in Corinthians, it says that we're a new creation in Christ Jesus, that old things are passed away. And I love I love the thought in that, that that old things are passed away. And so when I see this, what I what I saw when I was putting this together a couple of weeks ago was that 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 we've we've all been invited to this new life, you know we're the life church. We've all been invited to be a new creation. Old things passed away. How many of you know that Jesus didn't shed his blood? He didn't go to the cross just so we can clap on a Sunday morning. He went to the blood. He shed. He he, shed, or he went to the cross. He shed his blood. He he gave his life. He sent back the Holy Spirit so that you you and I together can walk this out as a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You know, I've sat down with a lot of people recently who just gave their life to Jesus in our church and, and just having coffee and, and that kind of thing. Because we're talking that right now big time about discipleship. And, and, and it's amazing how many people, they've, they've embraced the fact that they've, imbi- they've been invited to the table of Christ. And so everyone in here, you've been invited to the table of Christ. We're all invited to his blessing we're all invited to his power. We're all invited into fellowship with him in a genuine relationship where he speaks to us. The scripture says that his sheep know his voice. So all of us are invited to the table of Christ and it's a beautiful place. You know, I, I went into ministry. I started preaching at 17 years old back in, in 1994, 95, somewhere in there. And I jumped into full-time ministry and I fell in love with ministry. I wanted to help people. We were helping people and, and, and I was with my dad. He was, he was a pastor and so we're, you know, we're in this process. So I learned how to do ministry. I've learned how to do church. I've learned how to say amen at the right time. I've learned those things over the year, years, but one, at some point I woke up and said, wait, I'm in love with ministry. I'm not in love with Jesus. And so God began to work on a personal aspect of getting to that place where I enjoy sitting at his table and I enjoy what he speaks and, and enjoying the life that he came to give us. How many of you are enjoying that life today that he came to give you? And if you're not, that's okay. Uh, he, he wants to ha- help you operate in that new creation life. And so in the process of just, just, just uh, learning and, and, and seeing that when we talk about the table of Christ, we're talking about those that have given their life to Jesus, those that are sitting at the table. We're talking about a place where we understand the goodness of God and all of his promises. How many of you know all of his promises, they're for you? They're not just for the preacher. They're not just for the worship leader. The promises of God are for you and the scripture says they're yes and amen. We just sing about the fact that, that God says that He's faithful to His word. He's never going to leave you, He's never going to forsake you. And so as we look at this today, everything is based upon us accepting the invitation to come and sit at the table of Christ. And so something that God began to stir, stir me and is to help inspire people in is, is asking the question or asking the question besides us being, if we're at the table of Christ, that's a great place to be. We need to be there. But what and who is sitting at our table? And so there's two elements in discipleship. There's one element where we receive Jesus as Lord of our life, where we, where we accept his promises. But there's also the element where the scripture says that we're, we're to renew our, renew our minds, we're to renew ourselves and go through transformation. And then we're responsible for what we allow into our lives. So, what is sitting at our table? And it could be, it could be a number of things. Is there unforgiveness sitting at our table? Is there poverty sitting at our table? Is there, is there uh, insecurity sitting at our table, desperation sitting at our table? And so we've got to be aware of where we're at in this journey. And so over here, we, we, we've received the motivation of Christ. We're motivated because of what he did. But when you get to a place of inspiration where the spirit inspires you, you really start taking into effect that, wait a minute, I may be allowing some things sit, to sit at my table that might be holding me back that might be hold, hold, holding me back from where God wants me to go because it's not just about God, God coming in and doing all the work. The scripture says that David inclined his heart to the Lord and to God's statutes or to his word. He didn't say recline. It says that he inclined his heart. So there's a, there's a spiritual posture in that where we're taking responsibility to say, hey, I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a say in what I allow into my life. Now, and that starts with thoughts. Everybody say Thoughts. Uh, When you were renewing it at Romans chapter 12, two says, be not conformed to the world. He didn't say run from the world. He didn't say flee the world. He didn't say hide from the world. He said, don't be conformed to the world. You get that today? Because how are we going to make disciples if we can't get around anybody that's, that does that, that's in the world, right? And so in the process, when we renew, it says renew, to renew our, our minds according to the word of God so that we can prove the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. And so we, we, we get to a place as, as believers where we learn, hey, there's certain thoughts that come at me. There's certain things trying to talk me out of God's will for my life. And you're not just sitting here today in representation of you. You're sitting here today in representation of the generations to come. You know, I sat in a leaders meeting last uh, Sunday night, I believe is when it was, with our leaders, some of our leaders at the church. And, and there was elders that, had, that, that were sitting there and people who'd been serving there. And I said, aren't you glad that, that there was a generation before that made a seat for you. Aren't you glad? And James was there in that meeting. And so it, it, I said, aren't you glad that there was a generation before who got a hold? It wasn't just about them, that they prepared a place for you. And so, how, I, I, you know, and, and, and in that process of thinking how, how you grow bigger, how, how you begin to think bigger. I can remember when Pastor Walt was preaching at a small church in Lockhart, Texas. Uh, you know, I'm about 39, 40 years old when when him and Joanne was there, and now people look and say, "Well, he's got all these schools and he's got all these things." The reason that that happened was because he was faithful in the least, and he said, "Hey, I just don't want to sit at the table of Christ. I decide who sits at my table, and Vision is going to sit at my table." And through that process, you look at the the different buildings and the things that God, God's done uh, through the vision of, of of the life Church, and uh, I heard Pastor Walt telling our youth pastor the other day, He, he was uh, our youth pastor was just telling him that he'd, he'd, he'd gotten a word from God 10 or 12 years ago that he'd be working for the church one day. I didn't even know that. And so Pastor Walt's like, really? And he goes, do you know that he's talking about holding on to the word? And Pastor Walt told him, he said, you know that when God God uh, gave us a word, he, I believe it was Ed Trout or somebody gave him a word that that building, he would end up in a, the building that we're in. It's an acres of building. I don't know if you, if you haven't been there, you've got to go see it. Uh, but it didn't start with a big that kind of deal. Are you with me today? It started with vision. It started with accepting, I'm, not, I'm sitting at the table of Christ and all this belo- all this is a part of who I am, but also I decide what's at my table. And he told Mark, our youth pastor this, He said, when I got the word on that building, he said, I, 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 it, w- it was all written out and he said, I, I posted it to the front page of my Bible. And he said, for 11 years, 11 years, he said, I, I kept that, that word, of what God wanted to do, and the building, and the things, and the education, and the things that God had spoken ahead of time, he said, "I kept it in the front page of my Bible." I, I don't know if you understand that. This is your senior pastor we're talking about right here. And so, in the process, eleven—it was eleven years before that came into play. Come on, somebody! But vision, vision always goes beyond you and affects the generations that are to come. So, in 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 this refreshing lifestyle, we're not just talking about sitting around with a nice Dr. Pepper. And, and or a nice snow cone and just enjoying the rest of our lives, even though we should enjoy the rest of our lives. It's talking about living on purpose, living on key, living on assignment from God, that not only did he rescue us, come on, out of the darkness, out of all those things, but he brought us into a place to be children of the light so that our light could shine, come on, to reach future generations. And so I'm glad there's a seat for us today, but we've got to make sure that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, come on, there's a seat here for somebody else. And so we operate in that. So what's sitting at our table that sometimes holds us back from taking bigger steps? What's it, you know, and, and only you can answer that in your life. And, I, and I'm not being judgmental at all. Believe me, through the process of time, I, I, look at, I look at my table and say, hey, there's no time here for those kind of thoughts. If, you know, the enemy's always trying to talk you out of what God's trying to talk you into, come on, or move you into. And so uh, a lot of times we'll allow things to sit at our table and not even and not even be aware, and I'm talking about your mind, come on, your mind, your will and your emotions, what we allow into us. It's, it's, it, 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 it's a powerful thing. And so in the process of, of thinking that way, if you went to a restaurant, you and your family, your children, and somebody came down and sat at the table and just began to cuss your kids out, would you tolerate that? Or just just start, you know, just come in and cause a big scene and you wouldn't tolerate that for five minutes. What we find in our minds, though, is a lot of times we tolerate things that we wouldn't tolerate elsewhere. Am I right? Or am I right? And so what happens is, is we, as we get a hold of the refreshing aspect of God, the renewing aspect of God, we start keep kind of keeping count there. It, 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 it's really a place of, of, of taking uh, inventory. What am I allowing into my mind and why am I allowing it into my mind? And if it's something that's trying to talk me out of what God has given me, are placed on our lives. Come on. How many of you know that's not the will of God for your life? And so as we move forward, there's some things that are going to try to talk us out of, or there are going to be obstacles or circumstances. What the scripture talks about in Matthew chapter seven as storms. And, and there's those that are swayed here and there because they don't have, they don't understand the foundation that, that Jesus came to give us. So when the trials come, and you know, and or, or the temptation, you know, and, and and a lot of the times, you know, Kelly and I, we, a few weeks ago, we, you know, we're sitting down with couples who are going through things, and the, they're this close to divorce, or we're sitting down with business people that say, Hey, I gave it a shot, but 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 things aren't working out, it's hard. And and and, and what we got to understand is, is there's thoughts that we buy into sometimes, come on, that talk us out of where we want to go. You know, I spent a lot of time with Dr. Uh, Rob Carmen. Uh, you know, about eight years of training with him when I was a young pastor. And he always told me, he said, Quit. He said, Don't, David, don't sit and think. Don't just sit and think all the time. He said, Go and do something. Go and take what's in you and input, leave an imprint on mankind. Take what's in you and give it away. Find somebody, come on, that don't, doesn't know as much as you do and pour into them. That's the walk that we're living There's a passion on the inside of us, a new life on the inside of us, and it's our honor to go and give it away. So I, I encourage you in your own life, you may not think that you know as much as, as you should, but you know enough, come on, to go give it away to somebody else. There's giftings on the inside of you. There's abilities on the inside of you. There are things that God's called you to. Come on, and it's time for us to rise up. And go and give it away because it's not about us. Come on. It's about that light going forth and the kingdom of God. And the scripture says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness because I, I have a right standing with God. There's no shame. He took all the shame. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. And so we stand in righteousness with God at our table. Right standing with God. And people say, I don't feel like I have right standing with God. I didn't ask you how you felt. Come on. What did Jesus say? What did, what did the word of God say? That we, we live in this place of righteousness. It, and I was, I was reading a scripture, and I won't, it, it, over in the book of Romans chapter 1, I was talking a little bit about it Wednesday night. And it says that it, 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 I, the, the way that it worded it, I loved it. And I don't encourage you to just go study Romans chapter 1 and leave it there. It'll, it'll confuse you. But there's a, there's a part of the scripture that says, It says that they did not want to retain the knowledge of God. And it says that God gave them over to a debased mind or or to whatever, you know, that place, whatever uh, mindset they wanted because they refused to retain what he said. And so it's up to him to give us the word, but it's up to us to retain. It's up to us to incline our hearts. It's up to us to get into that spiritual posture of saying, hey, if I'm going to be a follower of Christ, if I'm a disciple then I want to hear the sayings of Jesus, but what makes you a disciple is those that hear the sayings of Jesus and do the sayings of Jesus. That's what Matthew 7 says. That's how you build a life on the rock, so that the waves and the storm and that and, and those things that try to come at you. Can I read a couple of scriptures to you? So the, the table we're talking about today represents your life. It represents your mind. It represents what you let in. It represents what you what you uh, kick out. It it represents what who's invited, what's invited. Uh, it, it represents the, the place, do I want to be transformed or I just want to go to heaven? And, and what I've seen is a lot of people, they're on their way to heaven, but they're living hell on earth because they refuse to make that switch, uh, you know, and, and they want to hold on or not retain the knowledge of God. And really, uh, you know, if, if you've been saved long enough, you, you learn, you learn the process of how to do church. You memorize it real quick. Come on. When we say amen, you say amen. When we clap, you clap. Come on. And a lot of you, you got saved. You're on the back row of the church. You made your way to the top three uh, three rows of the church. And and we know how to lift our hands at the right time. And we know how to do church. But I'm not talking about doing church. I'm talking about being the church. I'm talking about that inspiration. That the Holy Spirit comes into our lives where we decide, hey, the old man is dead. The old man is gone. There's no other way I want to move. I'm moving forward into the will of God. The old man is dead. Anxiety's not going to have me. Depression's not going to have me. Hatred's not going to have me. Offense is not going to have me anymore. I'm receiving who Christ says that I am so that I can go and be a light so that another generation or another person, come on, can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. When we go to heaven, our TVs aren't going with us, our buildings aren't going with us, none of that stuff's going with us, but what will go with us is the people that we impact along the way. And so we want to leave our imprint as a church and, and as as Christ followers. We're going to leave that imprint all over the place. Are you with me here today? I remember I was in New Guinea preaching one time and uh, Dr. Carmen had sent me over there. T- uh, I went with him the first time and then he started sending me back to, to uh, do different things and missions. And we're over in New Guinea and we were in this village called Karkar Island, and in the vill- uh, in in a very simple place. We were building a little metal building over there, and and helping the, the local pastors out in the villages. And so we're just hanging out, and and we're sitting in this this this. It's a it was a small house, but it was actually made out of sheetrock. Every every other place there was made out of things that they made out of the bush, and they had the the the, uh, the awesome. Uh, I forgot what they were called, but anyway, the uh, mine went blank. That, anyway, but this was made out of sheetrock, and it's, so it's kind of rotten, and it's not looking real good, and so they said, uh, Pastor, they said, you're staying here, you and your team, and we're, so we're just following, doing what they say, and, and we go into this old, it's, a, it's an old sheetrock house, halfway falling apart, There's a, they had one bed in the place. And so I had a guy named Hector with me. And so we're, we're in this, this uh, uh, bedroom of this place. There's these centipedes everywhere. So if you lay on the ground, these centipedes bite you. They're, they're poisonous, and it's not a good thing. And so we're building this church. We're making a difference. You know, that's our heart. We're all excited. And so that night we go to bed, and we're in this old uh, building and uh, or old sheetrock house. And so come to find out a doctor lived there and it was a doctor who was from that village he moved off and then when he came back he wanted to help the village but he built himself a private house and the witch doctors didn't like it so they put a curse on him and and ended up story was the guy died from the curse I'm staying in his house they didn't tell me that when I went there come on i mean i was on the journey to say yes to jesus i wasn't sure you know but you're you're over there 12,000 miles away no light no electricity i mean we're under the stars in these villages and and we're we're laying on the floor there, and it's quiet, and you can hear the you can hear the the noises of night and all the things. And Hector, my buddy, is laying on the ground on this mat, and he says, "Hey, Pastor." I was like, "What's up, Hector?" He goes, "Uh, he said he had these little fans with him, and it was hot." and He said, "I'll give you one of my fans." He goes, "If you let me sleep in that bed with you." And I said, "Uh, that's a deal," because I was sweating, man. So you got two guys. We're laying in bed, and this this. This room, uh, 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 this little sheetrock room, no air flowing. And so we end up laying there, and about five minutes later, that bed just crashes to the ground because the way we both ended up on the ground, by the way, and, and and it was a really funny story. So anyway, long story short, we're sitting out there. They start telling us the story of the witch doctor and that he had died. And so we're sitting out here. There's this box, you know, concrete box sitting there. We're sitting this you know, where Kevin and, and Kelly are right by a fire. And I said, well, where did they bury him? And they said, right there in that, bo- <laughs> that box. And so we're in this village, man. And, 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 and you know, and, I'm, and they want me to preach that night. And I said, well, what do you, what do you want me to teach on tonight? And they said, we want, to te- you want to, we want you to teach on marriage and how a man should love his wife. Now, I knew going in that at that time in the nation of New Guinea, a pig was more valuable in their culture than a woman, and I said, "Are you out of your mind?" I said, yeah. "I said, are you serious?" They said, "No, we want you to teach how a man should treat a woman." And so, I thought, "Man, Jesus, you brought me all the way out of here. I'm sitting in this dead doctor's house, who they put a curse on, the witch doctors." And so I said, "Where are the witch doctors? Where are they at?" And they said, "Oh, they're out there." So, you know, and I thought, I thought, you know, God didn't fill me with the Spirit to come all this way to go home and say, "Hey, I got all the way to New Guinea, twelve thousand miles away, under the stars." I got all the way over there just to give up and say, hey, I can't do that. That's too risky. See, when Jesus revolutionizes your life, you don't, you're, not, you're not in consideration of what's convenient. And so I looked that guy in the face, and I said, I'll teach it." And so I, I did the best thing I knew, knew to do. I took the scripture and out of Second Peter. I stood in front of those people that night, and, and I don't know how many people were there. But we stood in front of those people that night, and I taught on how uh, the way a man treats his wife is how God answers his prayers very gentle, but direct way of doing it. And so at the end of it, it was quiet, about as quiet as it is in here this morning. And so at the end of it, I mean, it was quiet. And so I said, now, if you're ready, men, I want you to go get your wife and bring them up here. And, and again, it wasn't in the culture. So these guys go and get their wives and they bring them up to the front. And so I thought, man, we've gone this far. We might as well go the whole way. And so I had them, you know, pray and we, we had a powerful moment there. And then I said, I want to I want you to kiss your wives. I want you to give them a big old kiss. And so they kiss their wives. And and again, none of this was part of the culture, but it was an assignment moment to be able to make a difference. You know, that 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 just an incredible moment of being, being, being aware that this isn't about me. This is about the table I live at. I've received from the table of Christ. Now in my table, come on, I want to go give away what God has put put on the inside of me. I want to make a difference. I want to impact people. And so it's guys like Dr. Carmen sending us to places like that. And we've been to other places and, and, and where you just see miracles happen and things happen. Well, God's no respecter of persons. He wants to do a miracle in your life. He wants to stir you up to take you to the next place, whatever your vision is, your business is, your ministry is. And so we don't get smaller. Come on, somebody. We get bigger because the, 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 the overwhelming uh, uh, size of what God's put in you is always bigger than you are. So you're setting here, here to a different place. Now, what was beautiful about that was we went into these small, these small villages to start with. Four years later, we were being invited back to speak, speak in front of ten thousand people at a time, in pastors' conferences, in different type places. But it all started, come on, in a small village where the where the witchcraft tried to come in and take over. But God says, I had bigger plans, and He comes in. Come on, they're still worshiping in that church today that we built back then. And so I want to encourage you, wherever you're at in life today. That, that, that it's not over. Wherever you're at in life today, God may shift some things. He may close some doors to open other doors. He may bring people into your life. He may bring people out of your life. But the things that, that you receive, listen, you have a say at what's at your table. And there's no place anymore for desperation, insecurity, things that try to talk us out of the will of God. I believe God wants to do something powerful right here in our church, here in, here in Arlington, Texas. He didn't bring us here just to just to fulfill another Sunday. He brought us here to rally together so that we can get into one accord and see the discipleship process that's about to happen through our church here. And so I just encourage you right there we had every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you, Father God, that 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 you're moving in our lives, Father God. And it's not about us. It's about what you have for us, though, Lord. And I just believe that you're stirring vision. You're stirring people to new places. You're stirring us to a place of growth. You're stirring us and placing us together in one accord. I believe you're healing hearts today. I believe you're revitalizing vision today. I believe you're stirring fathers in marriage, Father God. And you're stirring people to where they're supposed to be and what you have for them. You know, in John chapter 5, just continue to worship there. I just want to minister to your hearts a minute. In John chapter 5, you know there was a there was a, a man who had an infirmity for 38 years. And he's sitting there with an infirmity at the pool of Bethesda which had five porches around it. And in that process if the angels came and stirred the water, whoever got in the water would be healed at that time. Well, this man had an infirmity, he couldn't get into the water unless somebody just threw him in there. Well, the scripture says for 38 years he was bound. For 38 years He was bound with this infirmity. He he was bound with this disease. And the scripture says that Jesus came on the scene. And when Jesus came on the scene, he came as a healer. And he walked into the place. The scripture says, he asked the question. He said, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? The man responds accordingly. Come on, somebody. And the scripture says that God raised him up and he was healed that day. And so I want to encourage you today that as you're walking out your process today, you've heard the word today, you, you've worshiped today. I want to ask the, 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 the question, if we allow things into our lives that don't belong at our table, I believe God wants us to get rid of some of those things today. He wants us to eliminate, kill the invite. It's like getting one of them emails and they just keep emailing you over and over and over. Sometimes you've got to unsubscribe. And so I encourage you today, to. There's some things we may need to unsubscribe, but Jesus is asking us. I'm not asking you. Jesus is asking you, do you want to be made well? And so just right there where you're at, Father, we thank you today. We receive today. I believe we want to be made well today. And, Father, we thank you that just like the 38 years of oldness, The 38 years of infirmity this man was bound with, Father God, you freed him from it. And maybe there's something in your heart, something that you've been struggling with, every head bowed and every eye closed, and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to kill that thing. I'm ready to say that the old man is dead. I'm not going back to that. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Jesus is here to heal. Do you want to be made well? If that's you and there's something in your life and you say, I'm ready to unsubscribe, I'm ready to see my healing in my place and I just sense it. Maybe there's unforgiveness or maybe there's something there that's stirring you and it's got, it's hold captive of your heart. Jesus wants to free you today. Jesus wants to free you today. But if there's something in your life and you say, I'm ready to kill the invite on my table, just lift your hand in the air today. Right there where you're at. If there's something, I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you for raising your hand. Thank you. We're just gonna pray together. Say this with me, Jesus. As a church, let's just pray together. Say, Jesus, I want to be made well. I want to be made whole. And today I decide to unsubscribe. And whatever it is in your heart, you know what it is. To unsubscribe to this thing that's been holding me back. I receive you. Say it with me. I receive your goodness. I receive your power. I receive your gentle Holy Spirit. And I just say that this thing in my life is about to turn around. I receive your healing today. And Father, I ask you just to stir us up, stir us up, stir us up in a new place, a fresh place where healing's taking place. Lord, you're restoring some things today. I just sense that strong in my spirit. There's some things that he wants to restore. God's saying, get out of the way and let me roll. Get out of the way and let me do my thing. And listen, I sense in my spirit too there's some there's someone dealing with a place where, where, the, where the door is closed. God says, I've got bigger on the other side. I, I God opens doors. Come on, you've been knocking, but make sure you're knocking at the door that he wants to open. He says he's redirecting some things. And if you'll put, put your trust into him, you'll put your trust in, lean in, incline your heart, that it'll be bigger. It'll be It'll be more blessed than anything you could ever do on your own. And so as we receive that today, Father, we thank you today. We pray over fathers today. We thank you, Father God, and pray over the men of our church, Father God, that you're blessing them, that they walk, Father God, filled with your power. They walk in the goodness that you created, that they'll live the abundant life that you came to give them. And Father, we thank you today that you're moving right here in the Life Church in Arlington, Texas. And we thank you for your goodness. Father, we celebrate your love, and we rejoice in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning.